Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Lillard gets it. Lillard from the corner for three. Won't go. And that'll do it. The Warriors do it again. Another comeback as they defeat the Blazers here in overtime and advance to their fifth consecutive NBA Finals. Why is this team so relentless in the pursuit of wins? I mean, we've been here before. We've seen every everything, uh, every experience you can imagine. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus today, but we do, in fact, have our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? And I can't tell you how excited I am to announce, rejoining us after far too long, an Oakland-grown lead columnist for the Athletic Bay Area, a man with over 18 years of experience covering the Bay's sports scene, including 10 covering the Golden State Warriors, and the author of the soon-to-be best-selling biography, KD, Kevin Durant's Relentless Pursuit to Be the Greatest, Mr. Marcus Thompson. What's going on, MT? So why you just jinx my book like that? I thought I was hooking <laughs> you up. I felt like I'm really just, just stating the obvious. It's not a jinx. I mean, nah. I can take it back if you like. Nah, nah, it's cool. We're going to see your powers of persuasion on the universe. <laughs> That's awesome. If you... If you if you can speak stuff into existence and see if you got it like that. See, that's how I got it, and I only use that power for my boys. So, uh, so be excited for it. Uh, since the last time we spoke, and you don't need me putting this into existence, it's already happened. You've become the author of a best-selling book in Golden Man. How's uh, how's the big time life? You sound kind of more important just in the first ten seconds of this conversation. Yeah, no, nah, nothing changed. <laughs> I'm like that. Uh, I'm like that rapper who. You know, got a hit, got a, a album out, right? A hit song, and they still live in the projects. <laughs> like you're like, man, I thought you was rich. You got a number one album. You're like, nah, not yet. I got to get that third one. Make some real, real money. That's well, if it me. makes you feel any better, I'm like that raptor who lives in the projects who tells people I'm working on my album. Just sit back; it's coming at some point, you know. So at least you have something out there. Uh, 
we're going to be talking about your book, which both Maxime and I both read, both really enjoyed as the focus of today. But I love having you on, man. It would be crazy if I didn't take advantage of your insight. And the Warriors are uh, on the eve of going to their fifth straight finals appearance. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Let me start here. My favorite segment is this thing called Off the Court Report. And the concept's pretty simple. If people are listening to this pod, they like the Warriors enough, they're watching the game, so they know what the hell happens between the lines. But you have access to this team off the court. You see what they do outside of the line. So for the segment, I shut up, give you the mic. Any stories, anything that sticks out uh, recently, we'd love to hear. Oh, man, that's a lot. Uh, let's see. Uh, you want something? You got. You got to give me a better window. Come on, you got to help me out. You came to set up. You, you got to help me prompt. You so just came back all time. Well, or are we talking now? Like, all right, let's go. Want, we, we're narrowing it to Portland. I'm going to hit you to, for two if we're going all time. I love this. So first one will go Portland. I know you were out there. I saw some of the video you took after the game. Uh, what do you got for me from, uh, from the Moda Center? Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go with something better. Um, <laughs> I go with Alf- Alfonso McKinney. Uh, you know, just just a little moment, right? I'll, I'll tell you about my powers of persuasion. Actually, perfect. So we went to the uh, Nike employee store in Beaverton, and you know, all the the players who are Nike reps or who you know endorse Nike, they, they get to go to the store. It's like a, it's discounted. It's like the Nike outlet. Yep, but with another discount on top of it, right? <laughs> Better than Nike Outlet, though. More stuff, but then you get the the you get the quote unquote employee discount on top of it. So we go to this uh, store. It was Jordan Bell was there shopping with his mom. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Alfonso McKinney was there. Marcus Derrickson was there and went all the way out there and didn't buy any shoes because he was going to some other exclusive shoe joints so he was just riding <laughs> uh when i was leaving like quinn cook showed up damian jones uh oh jonas jarebko was in there so the you know so we're basically all ships in the night shopping it was a zoo you know they had these huge carts i, I had like a budget <laughs> it was by my daughter something for her birthday uh and so then because you know uh it's like a 30-minute ride, maybe 20-minute ride. We took an Uber out, myself, Monty Crew, and Sean Powell. But we had we got some plug that we could ride on the bus on the way back with them. So on the way back, I rode well, Fonzo McKinney. We sat by Fonzo McKinney, and I got to learn about, like, McKinney and how he, know, like, he knows a couple of people from the shy. He was telling me one of the actors from the shy is really from Chicago. And I was like, they, they really pulled a dude out of Chicago. He's like, yeah, I know that dude. And, uh, and he was like telling me what the spots, uh, like the, 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 the chicken place. He was telling me that's the chicken place that's by his house. It's not, they changed the name of it, but it really is a chicken place that everybody go to. <laughs> so he was telling me, uh, about the shy. And then he was just talking about how crazy it is that he's like, you know, about to head to the finals. And yeah. he was just like amazed. And, and so, uh, I was like, Hey man, you started. And I was like, yo, you know, you really about to be starting, huh? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, man, I know you starting because uh, I saw Andre. I bet you Andre don't play. There's no reason to play him, and that means you probably have to start. He was like, I don't know. I think Andre is gonna play because we got we got to end this series. We got to end this series. Like we can't mess around on this one. 
So Andre might play, and I was like, that's exactly what Andre was saying. But I still think they're gonna say, nah, he he ain't playing just because he needs to be healthy, and that means it's on you. And I was like, man, I, th- I think you can close the series. I think you'll be just fine. He's from Chicago. He was like, yeah, I think so too. Uh, yeah, I think I'll be all right. And look, Alfonso McKinney starts. And they close out the series. I love all that story. On a bus with a Nike bag. And did, right? you, did you? I mean, you're a great reader, people. Let me ask you this: Did he seem? Ner- so you bring up that possibility. You're watching him work through it for the first time, right in front of you. Did he seem nervous about starting? Nah, he knew. Nah, he seemed nervous about. Wait a second, I'm not supposed to be telling this reporter nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I felt like he knew, but he started because we were just talking. It was free flowing. I was like, oh, you start, man. Uh, uh, like, I think he felt like, man, I know what you're doing. That's exactly right. <laughs> this veteran ass reporter just trapped me in a game of chess, you know, which is, which is nicely. I mean, I wasn't going to use it. I just, I really just, it really just hit me like that he was about to have a moment like that. <laughs> He's about to be starting because he was talking about a moment. I was like, wow, and you about to start in the Western Conference Finals. That's I love. Cool. I, I feel yeah. like you just set my ass up too. You you push me to to give you a prompt. I go out of my way to tell you Moda Center. Then you give me an amazing story that has nothing to do with Moda Center. So nicely played. I mean, we were uh, talking about what was about to happen at the Moda Center. Yeah, okay, so pretty good. There you go. There you go. Uh, and you pulled it out, uh, Marcus. I kissed your ass already. I said I love having you. One of the reasons that's true is that although the Warriors now enjoy amazing coverage and there are remarkably talented beat writers all over this beat, a lot of those guys are kind of new to the game. Um, There are very few people who've done what you've done and have seen this team grow up in front of us. You've been there through through the nasty times and the good. And so because of that, I've been crafting questions since I knew you were coming on over the last couple of weeks. I've been throwing questions left and right. I got a few for you here. And let's call this a preemptive apology. My questions are going to be kind of jumping around the timeline a little bit. So if you're getting some conversational whiplash, that's on me. But here's my first question for you. And I think the answer got way harder this week. So the question is this. Let's assume Draymond is completely healthy. Let's assume we do not have to worry about his health right now. Would you give him a max contract? And I know he's not up until a full year, but the Warriors have to consider it during this offseason. Otherwise, they probably have to consider a trade. So if you're Bob Myers, do you give this dude a max deal? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you give it to him? That's the part I don't understand. What's the, what's the good reason for not giving it to him? Yeah. Like, I mean, we saw, we saw what the season was like with Kevin Durant as a free agent, like non-committed. Right and how that was a major like thing that just kept cropping up. What happens when you just tell Draymond, "Yeah, we want you back, but you know you just gonna have to take a discount because <laughs> like that's not that's not a recipe for yep. a good locker room, right?" And yep. just and what's the point really? Like, what what would be the reason you're not get, giving them the money? Is it because you don't want to tie up the salary cap? It's already tied up. Right, <laughs> because like you know, do you want to save some money? Why, why, why are you interested in saving money? And since when? When did that start? Especially but secondarily. Man. Go ahead. You know, like what you gonna do without Draymond? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. like, like even with Kevin Durant, if you take him out, you could still beat some teams, right? You're still great enough. You could find enough scoring. You could find enough ball handling. Man, you take Draymond. I don't know where you find enough of what Draymond does yeah. on this roster. Yeah, like so. 
I just don't know what the point will be. Is it like if you're Bob Myers, of course you got to think about the future. Maybe you say, you know, maybe you try to get him to take three years instead of the full max, right? Maybe you say we'll give you full max for for three years, or whatever. But if it comes down to this five, maybe seven, eight year window, if you can get, if you can make this a full seven, eight year window of like just epicness, is that worth, you know, right. two years of Draymond not right. not making his money? Like the, whatever you'd be, whatever you'd be trying to hang on to by not giving them the max, it's just not worth what he's going to bring. So. That that's how I feel. I don't I don't know the good reason. So like Clay, what's the good reason to not pay Clay? Is health like, a consideration? To save money. I mean, I I took away the I took away the only good reason. Um, your boy Rusty Simmons has been on this show and has brought up concerns about Draymond's health since he was a little bit overweight to start his career. Maybe you know we we have to worry about the ligaments. Do you have any worry about that? I mean, do do you think is that something that because I think of all that's the other a worry reasons? for everybody? Like yeah, right, you gotta you gotta worry about that with Steph. You know, he's always got some health stuff. I just feel like. It's a bad precedent for the mojo of your franchise, for your messaging you're telling yep. every other player ever in this league, and what you even what you're even telling the staff that if dudes bring you four championships, and now at the end of that you're like, yeah, I don't know, like yep. it just that's not a good way to be. Like it just it's not. A good setup. Like if you think about, it, if you're trying to go get this next dude, you know, whatever, whoever it might be, like to to carry this thing forward. You basically telling him, yeah, bro. The moment you ain't got nothing left, <laughs> we cut the cord. <laughs> like that's what you saying. Like nobody has done. Like if you don't take care of these dudes, right? Who 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 turns you from four hundred fifty million in debt to three billion in profit? Like who you taking care yeah. of? How can anybody feel comfortable? It makes sense, right? This, this, yep. Yeah. I mean, they did the I same mean, thing for had, Andre, kind of. Absolutely. Look, like, and they didn't. They kind of didn't want to, but in the end, it was like, all right, Andre, what do you want? Yep. And, and Bob Meyer says this all the time. He's like, look, I just bank on the player, right? You just bank on the player. Like, even though Steph, like, you don't know, you, you know, you don't know what he's gonna be. Offer him forty-four million. You don't know. That could have been a contract right there, a hamstring the franchise. You just don't, but you just, you got enough data on the player, you just bank on the player. And these, we're not talking about Anthony Davis, right? A guy who's incredible talent, who's who's been hurt, and you just don't know, <laughs> right? Like, you don't know him. So, like that, all right, would you give Anthony Davis a bunch of money? Everybody in the league would. So would the Warriors, but you just don't know. With the Warriors, you actually kind of know. <laughs> and you do know at some point it's going to end. But yeah. that's just the price you pay. Like, that's the price you pay. That's, that's how it is. Yeah, like, you, you ride it out. You've talked me into it. I mean, I, so I, I've always kind of been on the fence. I was a little bit worried about his health. But I tell you what really speaks to me about what you just said is you're not just speaking to Draymond. You're not just speaking to this locker room. You're not just speaking to Deb Nation. You're talking to every potential free agent out there. And if you've gone out of your way, not only to win with Draymond, but to call Draymond the heart and soul of the team, because that's what we've heard, right? For like the last five years, you can't turn around and shaft him without screwing over the, the public image everywhere. So yeah, I, I think you're on the money. Yeah, there's some like 
when Steph when Steph came up for his deal, right, and he was like, you know, look, you better get Max, but you know, Steph is the one who said, now look, before I do this, is there any advantage to me not taking Max? Like if I took less, hmm. it doesn't help us at all. And Bob Myers had to be like, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> 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 so you take the max, but you can't you can't operate as if you don't remember when the dude spent four years underpaid. Like you just you can't be a good organization like that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like so, it's like all right, Draymond spent his first few years making nothing. Like he didn't get paid until after they won the first championship. You know, so if you were okay with getting way more production than what you were worth at that time, then you got to be okay with the prospect of getting less production than what you're paying on the back end. Like, that's that's what the Warriors are good at. You know what I'm saying? They're good at Like, anybody else probably would have been cut the thing on Sean Livingston. But you know what? They're like, nah. Uh, you know, he's probably going to have to retire first. Right. And, and you know what? He knows that. Like, he knows. But he's earned the right to keep playing. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he's come through so much for you. Yep. you just, it's a bad business practice to do to to then when it's time to take care of the people who took care of you to be like, Yeah, I don't know, we got enough money. Unless there's other reasons. If it's just to save you money, all right. And that's all it is, is you're afraid that Draymond might get hurt and you spending a bunch of money on Draymond. Yeah. Like that's it. That's the only reason. That's the, that's the only reason. That's the case. Move the contract or you just eat it because the dude gave you six years of the dynasty. Well, and we know that, that Lacob is more than willing to shell out. Um, you know, I don't think that trying to penny pinch is something that, that is a part of this Warriors DNA. Um, but you brought up something that I think is really, really important um, in terms of data points. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the talk has been around his health. And in the regular season, we're talking about um, Draymond potentially being past his prime already. And, and what did we see is when he gets to the playoff, he, he shed a ton of weight. And he came in. I mean, he is the ultimate example. He is the incarnate uh, representation of his 16 game player and if he's going to continue to practice that kind of mindset as far as I'm concerned that's the best possible investment you can make because that's a player that is going to take care of his health it's not going to beat him, his body up for 82 games and be prepared to play when it really matters in the postseason well he also him losing that weight and playing the way he's playing really underlines what Marcus is saying I mean, he did that for one reason. Draymond knows what the hell his value is. He's proving to the world that he's a max player. And if he does this and the Warriors don't give it to him and then ask him to go back into that locker room, it's fire in there. You know, the bad kind. Zero chance. Yeah, there's there's nothing that comes out of that well. Uh, Let me ask you this, man. And so before the mics went hot, uh, Marcus and I just briefly were talking about the Eastern Conference Finals. And it looks like Toronto is going to tie it up today. It looks like it's going to go 2-2. MT, who do you think? What's a better matchup for the Warriors? Who who should we be rooting for as Warrior fans that come out of the East? Uh, I, you know, I'd probably say Toronto. But now I'm a little... That's me. <laughs> Milwaukee's just a problem, man. Like, they just... They're, like just far as matchups, I mean, I even wrote about this back when they won by twenty. Like they just present problems that other teams don't present for the Warriors. Like that's just their strengths are like counter to the Warriors. The Warriors are perimeter heavy, right? They got all these talents on the perimeter, and Milwaukee's their their strength is really their front court. You know, small forward, power forward, center. Like 
understand they're athletes, they're long, they play defense. They just present some problems. But the one hesitation that I've always had about Milwaukee is inexperience. Yep. And they rely on a lot of guys. And, you know, this is probably working to their advantage because they rely on a lot of guys who are like veteran journeymen, right? People who don't inspire that kind of fear in you where you're like, man, look, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how the Warriors was like, yeah, well, I bet you Myers Leonard can't beat us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they, they were like, yeah, shoot all you want, sir. Uh, if you're shooting, we're good. I think the Milwaukee's got a bunch of players like that. But it turns out that because they're experienced, they don't rattle easy. Yeah. So even though they might not be, like, you might not be afraid of George Hill, of Ersan Ilyasova, right? Like, even though you might be afraid of them, might not be afraid of them, like, collectively, they, they're not going to get scared of the moment. I mean, George Hill was trash in the finals last year. Yep. I mean, he was terrible for Cleveland. But now he looks really good. Yes, You're he like, does. Yeah, what, 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 what happened? <laughs> so the part, the part that makes, that makes me think, man, they don't have the experience. Like maybe they have enough veterans who've been around enough blocks to be able to, you know, just to make you solid enough to overcome that experience. But it looks like it might be catching up with them because if I haven't seen a minute of game three, I was going to watch it. You know, I took a nap because I was exhausted. I ain't taking a nap. That was way longer than that. <laughs> uh, like how long, like a nap, that's, there's a window for a nap, right? At some point, you just. I'd say about an hour. Yeah, maybe about an hour fifteen. <laughs> oh yeah, that. yeah. No, I blew that. I was way. I was way. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I was let's, full on sleep. Let's let the one audience member in on the uh, on the story. Unfortunately enough, we pulled Marcus Thompson out of bed. Literally pulled him out of bed. Nah, to you do didn't this. actually. <laughs> you didn't actually. I, I I woke up. I set my alarm. Slept right through the alarm, and I woke up. Like if I didn't wake up, you know. <laughs> we would have gotten like, oh, nothing. Bad. It's nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, we would have gotten <laughs> nothing. That was great. Well, I I won't tell you that I was just sitting here staring at my phone because that'll make it awkward for both of us. But I was sitting I was here like, staring oh, at man. my phone. It's seven thirty already. What <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh. So uh, uh, that's, that's so funny. But I didn't watch. So I haven't watched any of, any of the game. But it looks like the experience of Toronto might be coming in a little bit handy, uh, and maybe Milwaukee will still pull it out. But they're like their depth, their the reliability of their veterans, and the fact that Giannis is such a just an individual problem for the Warriors. Yep. In the same way that James Harden can be an individual problem, I think I think that's a, just a, a recipe for struggle for the Warriors. And my only thing was like, can they not? They might not have the experience. Like they they might not make those shots with with everything riding on them because right. they never felt that before. But it looks like they can make them. So. <laughs> And I didn't think much of Toronto, even though Toronto won the season series. Like something where I just think when it comes down to it, Steph Curry, like and Clay is just better than their backcourt, and you can do things about for the Warriors. Like the Warriors got like five options for Kawhi, right? And but many more options than they have for Giannis. But it's looking like you know Toronto's got some kind of grit that you know they just ain't gonna die easy, <laughs> you know. So. Maybe maybe you want the young hot new team, even though they might be more talented, <laughs> instead of that old that old rugged team that won't die. You know, gonna take all you got. Are you trying to maybe, make me afraid maybe, of maybe both teams, that. Marcus? I mean, like, like now I'm hell worried about both of them. Although I, I will tell you t- what, I tell you what, you should be, you should be. This this might be the hardest finals since the first one. Why? I would go with that. Just better, more complete teams. Yeah. These these are teams they're playing against. Yep. This isn't like LeBron with a bunch of scrubs. 
or LeBron and Kyrie and a bunch of dudes. Like the Cleveland always had dudes you knew were going to give you a couple games. Yep. Or not, you know, like you knew J.R. Smith was going to trick off one or two games just doing J.R. Smith stuff. You knew Tristan Thompson was going to disappear <laughs> just because they 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 like feed him all year and then all of a sudden he just you know, like they just stop feeding him or they won't play him right. Uh, like with these, these dudes have teams and look the one time the Warriors lost. That's when Cleveland played the best team type basketball ever, right? Like yep. lead, like they were all locked in defensively. They they were great on the perimeter as a unit. Like they were really locked in, and they played epically. I think both Milwaukee and Toronto play great team basketball. So even if you if you knock off the head, like you got, they, they just won't fall apart like like Cleveland might have. Oh, they're going to rally. They, you know, Giannis is going to do other stuff. And Kawhi going to do other stuff. And other people will step up. And they just, that's, they're good like that. Hell yes. But well, they're also deep as hell. And they both made moves close to or at the deadline, right? Toronto brings in Mark Gasol. Miritic goes to Milwaukee. Both of them seem to be playing well. Um, yeah, I am. We will we'll save that conversation and that worry uh, from when we know who the hell they're playing. Well, well, here's one one more thing. Here's the interesting part. Like that that might make you a little worried. They all like added players who the Warriors have already beaten. <laughs> it's like nor, nor, normally, normally that's like ah, you know, especially with the Warriors, they like, oh, okay, wow, you added Austin Rivers, right? Ooh, we beat him before, or you know, when they're like when when Houston added Chris Paul. It's like man, we've already we've already beat Chris Paul, so they're exactly not right. at all, <laughs> right? Like the war, they, both teams added like players where the Warriors could be like, man, we already beat him, which you know <laughs> could put them could put them in a mindset that we know we know we can beat them because look, we beat Vargasaw, we beat Miritich, right? You beat George Hill, like we we man, we beat them dudes already. Y'all think y'all at it? And that might that's a like that might affect the mindset. It might cost them at least one game if I, they if they go in there complacent. I like it. I, I'll at this point I'll hold on to any sense of optimism. Uh, talking about players we've already beaten, and you actually just brought him up, Myers Leonard. So help settle an argument, man. So I, I I don't know this guy. I don't know him personally. I don't know anything about him. I certainly don't know his political setting. But I got in trouble yesterday. I got into an argument. I need you to settle it. Can we agree that Myers Leonard at least looks like he'd like to make America great again? Am I off on saying that or what? Oh, that's so bloody. But come on, man. Like, look so at the guy. Bloody. I'm not saying I don't know him, but nah. he looks like like a frat douchebag. He just does. Marcus, come on. I'm, I'm not nah, totally he wrong. Look, he, look, he looks more Portland than me. <laughs> like, he looks more like, you know, like. Grunge kind of thing. But like, no way. Make America weird again. I thought I'm already. Look, I will, I will say this. I'm already, I'm already biased. For Myers Leonard, right? I'm already like, like you. I don't know if you read, but Jason Quick wrote a piece for the Athletic after they lost Game Three, and he he decided to not write about basketball. He just wrote about like these vignettes about these deeper meanings, and one of them was how Myers Leonard like noticed like this reporter was off, and he was like, "Man, what's going on? Like, I see that something's wrong." He tried to blow him off and give him a real uh, fake answer. And Myers Leonard is like, no, like, tell me what's up. Like, I'm watching you huh. fall apart, basically. Like, what's up with you? And then the guy, like, started talking to Myers Leonard and telling him, I think I'm depressed. Like, I don't know what's happening. And Myers Leonard was like, I've dealt with this. Let's walk through this. And he, like, wow. cared about the reporter. And he talked to him. And he helped him through it. 
And he wrote how, like, that made that moment because, you know, Myers Leonard had been through it. He's been a disappointment his whole so He was drafted with Damian Lillard, right? It was supposed to be the one-two punch. And it just didn't work out. And he dealt with being a disappointment and struggling. And he helped the reporter get through that. So once I read that about Myers Leonard, wow. my whole thing was like, oh, man, this dude is. This dude is the best. Like, I'm happy for him. And, you know, when he had his moment, he's getting choked up. Like, it, he's, like, hitting every shot he makes, and he's getting choked up on the court. Like, that's how much struggle he had been through. So, You're not going to flip me. Like, it, you, you know, I, I did read that nah, piece. Nah, is, is there any truth? What you said. Is there any you truth that he was wearing a Confederate flag T-shirt while he was helping out that reporter? I mean, I, I don't no, remember. Like, no was that truth. in the article? or? <laughs> no truth. What's in there? If you look at if a basketball player looks at a reporter, and first off, notices that he's going through something. Oh, it's an amazing like, story, you Marcus. There's no. You've made me the bad guy. There's no question at all. I feel like an asshole now. Like, they're absolutely <laughs> well played. <laughs> Come on, you don't walk around Portland thinking these dudes are MAGA. No, like, no, I not, don't. No, I unless any of them puts like up twenty five on my that's favorite team like. in the first half, and then you know that's all I had left. But okay, you—I mean, you were right. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you turned to the red hat. Let's go. Man. It was. That's what I started to have to do, and it was my wife who told me you're being totally inappropriate, and why are you screaming it? So you know, and, and now I'm gonna have to tell her that you didn't agree with me, and it just is what it is, Marcus. It's it's a loss for me. Um, let me run this that's one by funny. it because I think it may. I hope it speaks to you, um, but I'll. I'll, I'll I'll keep it personal. One of the things we hear now from Warriors haters everywhere is that there were never Warriors fans until their success, and we're all you know bandwagon fans. And I, you know, I, that hits me in a weird place because I remember selling out that damn arena when we had you know twenty six wins. But for you, because you've seen this thing, when you hear that that all Warrior fans are bandwagon fans, does it bother you? Are you too healthy? Do you just rise above it and not care? Like where does that hit you? Oh, I'm totally too healthy and rise above it and don't care. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it was my, I think it was my uncle who told me, uh, you know, you you know when you're doing good things when people stop liking you. Huh. Like, you know, like huh. that's almost the price. I mean, that's you know, it's not like as prophetic as I just made it, but basically, like success, a, a part of success is critics. Yep. So all it tells me is. Like, dang, look where it tells me that the words like have arrived to levels you don't understand, like we never imagined, right? Yeah. When people are yeah. saying, y'all used to be Laker fans, like that makes you be like, yo, the words are at that level because that's all they said about the Heat. I love that's this. All they said about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, I love like, this. Oh, this is like art of war. I really like this approach. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, wow, they've made it to that point where nobody even believes them anymore. Like that. And here's the, and here's the fact you got to admit this. They're not wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's I, you just. They're we, not wrong. You're we, just. You're just. You're just so far in the forest. You're not seeing the trees. Yeah. You're not seeing the millions <laughs> of people who actually did not watch the Warriors. Like, like the 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 original fan was super loyal, but how big of a fan? Like, how big was that base? You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it. It was big here, but I remember going to college. And people thinking the Warriors were in L.A. And oh. this was in Atlanta. Oh, right? I, I definitely remember that. <laughs> so they thought they we were in all, We all have these stories like of <laughs> when you came across people who didn't even know or care about the Warriors or, you know what I'm saying, not not in this, not in these parts, right? Not in the Bay no, Area. 100%. Not in the of Warrior I, fan. But outside. So from their perspective, people who haven't been around, people who really thought the Warriors were in L.A., from their perspective, all of a sudden, 
everybody's a Warrior fan. Well, 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. So they're not wrong. There's a bunch of people who suddenly like the Warriors, and they didn't like the Warriors back when Larry Hughes was out here, right? This so they're is, not wrong, but it just shows you how big the Warriors have gotten. I feel like this is the end of that movie, The Sixth Sense, where suddenly I'm seeing everything differently. <laughs> you know, and like I, like I now know that Bruce Willis is dead. Like, yeah, you're right, man. I, I remember going to L.A. wearing a Warriors hat, and somebody asked me if it was an arena football team. That was about 10 years ago. Marcus, you were destroying me. So, so far I've learned two things. One, Myers Leonard is like the best person on earth. And two, Warriors fans are bandwagon fans. This is not how this interview is supposed to go, man. I mean, look, the Warriors fans aren't bandwagon fans. But Warriors fans include bandwagon fans. Yeah, I mean, what you're Look, saying. I've been into the I've been to these arenas, right? I've I was going to these arenas before the Warriors blew up. Before you go see the arena, and like you could spot a Warriors jersey a mile yeah. away because it was like right. one. Right now you now you go and they're everywhere. I right? mean, what like, we had, we I, I never forget San Antonio. Like what? The Warriors jerseys in San Antonio? It was lit. I couldn't believe it. They turned. They turned out San Antonio. But look, also the nature of sports is young, right? Like kids love sports. Yeah. Young people love sports and success. It's not even possible for young people to be. They, I mean, they got to be bandwagon at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, they I just mean, started. Like they had. The here's where we'll agree. We've always had Warriors have always had enough fans to fill Oakland arenas. Right, but they never had enough fans to fill opposing arenas. Now we do, and those Correct. guys, generally speaking, are are brand new. Do you care that they're Correct. leaving Oakland? You and I have talked about this, and I don't remember, so I, it won't shock you to find out that I'm all pissy about it. And I'm, I'm still going; they'll still be my team. You know, I mean, it's not like I'm going to quit basketball. But if I'm being honest, we supported them forever. You know, we've 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 been here during the bad times. They're leaving during the good. For you, give me another healthy approach to this. Does it piss you off they're leaving the five zero? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I mean, I get it. I understand. Like, you know, uh, look, I mean, just as a life principle, I, my, my whole outlook is always try to understand the other side, right? Because I always feel like if you get a chance, if you take the time to understand me, you at least where I know where I'm coming from. Sure. And maybe that diminishes whatever animosity. So I always try to understand the other side. Why are they doing this? What's the purpose of it? What are they really, what are they really trying to get at? And I, for one, I would have a serious problem if I spent four hundred fifty million dollars on something and somebody told me what I could, what I could can do with my, <laughs> with my purchase, right? So first off, like I'm very cognizant of the fact that Joe Lecker could do whatever he wants. Like he paid the money, right? So I, I don't have it in myself to tell him. Do not go get the most money you can, right? That's what I don't have my like. If he, it, if you just do the numbers, like it makes sense why he's going to San Francisco. Yeah, and we can yeah. see by all every other concert that would never happen in San Francisco. Like the biggest thing with stadiums is still the other dates when you're not playing, right? Yeah, and he's got he's creating a new arena for concerts. He shouldn't have any problem filling dates. He could probably pay that thing off. And, like, I get that cognitively. And I'm not going to tell Joe Laker you can't spend your money. But I can't be disappointed that you didn't see the value here. Exactly. I can't be disappointed that the most, that instead of instead of doing something that was, you know, like something just a little bit more community-centered, like he went and did the thing that would bring in the most money. So, and I don't even fault him for that, but since I'm the one on the other end of the stick, I just feel like it would be great 
if somebody saw the value here and didn't and, and saw that to be greater than getting the most value. That's right. And maybe the difference is a billion dollars. Who yep. knows? And, and like, I don't have a billion dollars, so I can't tell somebody, man, won't you take three billion instead of two yep. or instead of four? Right? Take three billion and stay here instead of four. I don't have that. You can't. You can't make people love you that way. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, they, no, of course. Of course they you're do right. Or they don't. No, but, it, it, yes. Yeah, I, I, that's how I feel about it. No, if, if I buy a Tesla, I can drive it wherever the hell I want, even if it pisses other people off. I mean, you are, of course you're right. Um, I mean, the, the what I think is Lake of Better Take a very long, hard look at Pac Bell Park or whatever the hell it's called now because you know they when when Oracle Park they, yeah they, I mean like the, the when the Giants were winning championships people were there when the park was new people were there when neither was happening people were not and if you look at what Oakland but look, did but they still make their money they are like, no they matter. are yeah well yeah. and I mean and the bottom line is the thing that resonates the most and of course you're right is it's his call he's earned it he can do whatever the hell he wants with it you know I can be as upset as I want but it doesn't matter he's justified in doing it um, I bear the lead, yeah. man. I bear the lead. Let's let's talk about this book because I I really enjoyed it. So Marcus has put out a. So you uh, finished it? Uh, I did. We went through it. Marcus or Maxime and I split it, but we both went through it. And we've I've got some quotes, in fact, to prove that to you specifically. But tell me about it. How long have you been working on this? I started uh, October twenty. It's got to be seven, eighteen, right? No, yeah. it came out nineteen. So I started October. Jeez, when did I start? October twenty seventeen is when I started. Is is it enjoyable? I mean, like when you do something like this? No, no, it's not enjoyable. <laughs> Why not? Probably because I'm not doing it right. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I remember when I first got the uh, Steph book offer. The agent asked me if I could take a sabbatical, and I was like. Man, what are you talking about? Like, who said, no one can't take no sabbatical. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and this was like in the middle of the Warriors run. They were like 22 and 0. And it was like, how how could you leave? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's of ridiculous. course. I got to write columns. But I know why I know why he said that now, because books are a daunting, daunting task. And it's hard to do. Like, it's a full-time job. And if you have a full-time job, now you got two full-time jobs. And yeah. that's, that's really difficult. So this one was way harder than the first one. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant, uh, uh, his access, his like, his his access was harder to get, and you know, things did not they did not go smoothly, which put me behind the eight ball. And it was just, it was probably one of the like if I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't do it. Even though I did like telling his story, I think it's a story that needs to be told. Yep. I think the context of who he is kind of gets lost in all these sports debates. Yep. But I think it's a good story to tell, but I wouldn't do it again because not with the time constraints, not with the limitations that I had. So this one was, this one was like when I was done or even throughout the whole thing, really, I was telling my wife, I'm never doing this again. I'm (laughs) I'm never doing this again. Make sure you remember me saying this. The next time they bring me some money, Say remember that no. I said, I'm never doing this again. Well, I, I can tell you as what I would imagine is the intended off uh, audience. Thank God you did, man. Um, and, and more specifically than that, thank God you did right now. 
because Kevin Durant, you know, his looming free agency has been the story that's driven the narrative for a team that's getting ready to set history. And one of the things I feel like none of us really know, even though he's been in our life for, for three years, is who he is. You know, the off-the-court report on Kevin Durant. And this book, you know, there's... There's a million different angles and a million different people talking about it. And at least for me, when I'm trying to figure out what I think is going to happen, getting that background, getting this other information was really informative. I mean, it, it was really well-timed. So it sounds like it was a huge pain in the ass. And, you know, congratulations on finishing it. But it was really good, man. Man, I hope so, because uh, it almost cost me my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so did my Myers Leonard's takes, and I'm not getting any money at all from that, man. So, you know, that stuff happens. Um, I have pulled some it was, quotes. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I definitely learned so much. And, you know, I love human stories. I love people's stories. I especially love people from the hood and telling their stories. And I do, sometimes it just becomes really trite to say, oh, this player had it rough. And, you know, like, you know, you know where I'm from, right? Yeah. I, I got many. I got many people who who grew up under similar stories, and it's so easy to just treat that as if it's nothing. But to hear and to learn and to write about his specific story and what that must have felt like and how it must have impacted him, like that made it real. That made it like a specific person's story. It brought it to life for me. So there were times I'd go to the locker room and be like, man, KD, like, <laughs> I just got to shake your hand. Like, yeah, I don't sure. know how. I don't know how you're still here. Right. I don't know how you didn't hit a drug that led you strung out or pull a strap that led you make a stupid decision to end in jail or join a gang that like stuffed out your potential. I don't know how you did it. So, you know, like just actually hearing it's the specifics of his story for me was like, all right, that, that was the kind of reward. But at the end of it, that might not have been uh, worth the struggle, but I'm glad I at least know that part. Is it weird covering somebody after you learn this much about them? The next time I watch, and this is not a joke, this is just an illustration. The next time I watch Myers Leonard, it's going to be different because you gave me that story. It just is. You know, I feel like I know a little something about him. You do all this research. You find out who the hell Kevin Durant is. Is it weird covering him afterwards, or are you just used to that because this is part of the gig? Well, it's weird that it happens live, you know, because like with Steph, when I was writing the book, I already knew that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was already covering a dude I knew. It's weird watching it play out live. And when it's weird seeing him react a certain way and kind of being like, I know why you I know why that I know why you did that. Yeah. That oh. that ties back <laughs> to this over here, right? Yeah. So that's the weird part. Whereas with Steph, I just I kinda knew it already. With K D, I was learning live and he it was happening live and it definitely it, it made it, it kinda it was a filter through which these live events were happening. Like I was like, all right, I get it. Yep. I get I get where you are. I get I understand what's happening right now. <laughs> Marcus, does that give you a different perspective as you're now right? Because you, you just said when you were writing Golden, you pretty much you you were with Steph from his uh his rookie season. So you sort of already knew the story that you ended up writing, whereas with K D, right, it took a lot more research. But like for example, I was just thinking about the the Quinn Cook piece that you just put out. Um and obviously Quinn Cook is referenced in, in, in your book because of the, the MVP context. Or I'm sorry, the DMV context. Um, and I'm wondering, like, are you finding that you you have more context and that is now enriching, for example, like this Quinn Cook story that you wrote? Yeah, no question. I mean, like, the more information you have, I think the better the better our, 
you off. You the better off you are. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it it, ch- it changes my perspective. Uh, what it does is it it really takes a lot of stuff out of sports context and put it into life context mm. because you know you know of somebody's life and most of the commentary is in sports context, but these dudes exist in a life context and especially KD. So they don't know, they don't always know how to take that off because this is their life. And we can talk, like we talk about Myers Leonard, like, you know, I thought I've always thought Myers Leonard was trash. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like that dude ain't good. Like I've always thought that, but, once I read that story and I'm watching him, I'm like, you go, Marlon. You have your moment, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you do that. I Draymond wish I could be, be like just that. Fine. That I... dude is, Draymond is going to the Hall of Fame. Draymond will be just fine. <laughs> you take this one moment. Like, like no, like remember the last play? It might have been regulation or overtime. The giant dunk. Steph got the ball. And we're like, nah. And we're, Steph's got the ball. And we're like, I'm sitting there like, all right, Steph's about to end this. I know I got a sign to write Steph already. I'm like, all right, Steph's about to end this. And he calls for a pick. And he switches Seth, and Seth switches onto him. So Steph's got the ball with the game on the line and his brother in front of him. I'm like, yo, please do not torture your brother right here. <laughs> like, don't you, don't you dare do that. Don't do that. Steph, that would be wrong because you know this moment means everything to Seth, right? And it, it, it means a lot to Steph, but Steph got all kind of accolades. He, he could take some L's, right? <laughs> Seth's been through two season-ending surgeries and struggled on the end of it, right, to get right here to this moment. I was like, Steph, you can't do this. <laughs> you can't do this right now. So, yeah, the context gives you the perspective, like the life. I know, you know, I know what Seth, what it means to him to beat his brother, right, and to one-up his brother. And it meant everything to him to play well against his brother, right? So, like, that's what that's what helps once you know these stories. You get to put it in life context. Like, even yesterday – when uh, I think it was yesterday, when Chris Broussard basically had a segment saying this is Durant's worst nightmare, and Durant responds like, oh, yeah. "You think this is the worst?" Like, blah, blah. but like Durant don't he doesn't get to turn off the nightmares he actually been through. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So like Chris Broussard, who I, I I respect him, he's a good dude. I know we know we all know what he was saying. He was talking from a basketball perspective. This is the worst nightmare. But Durant's like childhood friend, like basically brother, got killed in March. Yep. He don't get to, you know what I'm saying? Like yep. that's a real nightmare. Yep. And he don't get to turn that off yep. so we can understand the sports content. And that's exactly so what Durant said. Me, that, that's what it does. I mean, Durant yeah, said exactly. something like around when the. He said you know, that, I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, because his response was was something along the lines of, yeah, you think this is the worst it can get? Really? You know, I mean, it was was an aggressively uh, sarcastic take. So, no, you're on the money. Well, so I I, I mean. That's what it does for me. Yeah, and that's that's a, uh, I think, a particularly pertinent answer in the context of the Kevin Durant book that we're here to discuss. Um, You know, it's sort of in some ways one of, I feel like. Very complicated sentence. Nicely played. uh, Go ahead. Well, it's going to get more complicated. I'm trying to string this all together. This feels like a a sociology class or something now. Because because I feel like. Maxine's hella smart, Marcus. Just know that we've added a lot of intelligence to this. So just sit back. He's going to have a very impressive sentence here. Go ahead. Oh, boy. Well, now that you set it up like that. Oh, geez. What do you got? Destined for failure. Um, you made me think about right, it, specifically Durant, and you bring this up in your book more almost than any other NBA superstar that we've seen, uh, at least in the modern era. Um, 
strives to be ultimately himself, right? So you talk about, you're talking about Durant was not the vanilla appraiser, appeaser superstar made popular by Michael Jordan, right? Talking about the, the perfect package of celebrity from LeBron James or the choreographed realness of Kobe Bryant, right? You're talking about Durant unique among NBA superheroes because he refused to wear the glasses and the suit to disguise his true identity. He had grown increasingly comfortable with your seeing who he was. And I think in light of you talking talking about getting more of a perspective in this Myers Leonard conversation. I mean, obviously that's what we want. And it's just, it's really crazy that beneath all of these layers of humanity of who this person actually is, he's not putting up a facade. He's showing us who he is. And I, and I, throughout this, throughout the course of my fandom with Kevin Durant, I have been confused as to whether or not it was fake or real, what he was, he was putting up. And I learned in the course of this book, oh, it's real. He's just being himself through all of the trials and tribulations of his own life. And so I just I saw that kind of coming full circle with what you were talking about over the course of um, how this sort of expands your ability to see these players as individuals. See what we got now, Marcus? You Yo, see that? first yeah. off, first off, like that, those bars was fire. Yeah, see, that's that. what's up. That's that what we bring good. now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. But you know what? You're right, though. I I, I thought the same thing, especially like in Oklahoma City. He was such a, a nice guy, right? It was like oh. You know, my mother's the MVP, and I gave millions to Tornado Relief, and, you know, I'm a really good dude. Like, he was, like, almost the anti-LeBron in that sense, who was the villain, right, for doing the mm-hmm. the decision. I, I, I wondered about that. Like, so which is it? But it's actually both. And I think the part that we get to see was the part he hid before. You know, when he told me he doesn't like, he, didn't, he used to not curse in public, you know, because, like, that just wasn't, cool he thought it wouldn't be accepted it's like oh okay so you always had this little edge to you right you know but he just didn't show it and we it's, it's crazy how we do this right and it's a little bit hypocritical and i think in the end we will appreciate Durant for this because as a, as a sports public it always just takes us time right we just don't get stuff right away we got to do the knee jerk first and then and then we think about it and then we discuss it and chew on it and eventually we'll, we'll come to a better conclusion just like we did about LeBron with the decision, but I think in the, in the, in the, in the life we want Kevin Durant to operate a certain way. Sure, and we and we we're so used to them operating in a certain way that like we're we're saying we're making this a matter of wrong or right, right? We're making this a matter of like almost of morality, and we're saying, dude, you shouldn't be this way. But the truth is, this is who he is, and why are we telling somebody to be different? Like obviously. Like it's probably better for him in many ways if he if he works on some of his like discipline when it comes to like how he feels and letting people like if I was his if I was his best friend like I wouldn't tell him to stay off social media we'd be having a conversation about why other people what they say how come it means so much right but I know why it means so much huh. right like it's always meant so much his whole life so like knowing it's sort of like I get it and I've I've dealt with young people who deal, who, who internalize things the same way. So the question is not, hey, man, stay on social media. So you just want this dude to sit here and just foam at the mouth? Huh. Or do you really want him to not care that much? Right? And that's like, but he is willing, that that's the part I will always respect, that he's not going to put up the front. Like Steph, as great as Steph is, Steph will never say or do anything that he don't want you to see or say or do. Yeah. Right, like that dude is a pro. Yeah. He is a veteran at this. Like you, you barely even see Steph get mad. 
<laughs> right? Like, yep. no, like you're right. take it out of the context, right? People will throw shots at him, and like when you know him, you can see he's very angry, but he's going to say the right thing when you ask him about it, right? He's going to he's gonna say the right thing, uh, you know, like even after the finals. You know Seth, after the knocking Houston out, that 33 in the second half, you know he wanted to take the mic and be like, this for all y'all. He said I was <laughs> <Hangers. trash." laughs> but, but he will never, ever, ever, ever do that, huh. even if he wants to do it. So he's great at giving you the 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 sculpted that he that you want to see that he wants you to see right yep. and that's fine that's not right or wrong but Kevin Durant is just different like he doesn't do that maybe he's not able to do it but the end of the matter is we get to see a person who otherwise we wouldn't get to see sure like we get to see a a, a basketball superstar at the highest levels and we get to know mostly out of it, especially if you're young. Like this dude is a like he's regular. Like he feels stuff. Like he's not he's not this indestructible object. Like now it matters what you say, right? And maybe 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 unbeknownst to him, like he is a, a like a live lesson for this social media age that just really don't care about what you say and how it might affect people. Like where it's just like we've lost that kind of interconnectivity where I could say whatever I want. I wouldn't say it to your face. And here's the celebrity who's like, yeah, what was that? What'd you say? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes. And so maybe that, maybe he don't know he's, he's teaching that lesson, but he's teaching that lesson. Right. And you know, and everybody now know if you say something about Kevin Durant, he probably gonna see it. Right. And he might have a shot to fire back at you. So maybe, maybe it's more real life than it was for you. You know, previously when you could fire shots sure. and nobody would say nothing. And now stay you know, anonymous. Yeah. about Kevin Durant. He might, yeah, he might come to you, right? And I think I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, even if we don't like our athletes to be like that. And I think, and you know how it is. These it'll be a thirty for thirty, and the dude who was crazy at the time when everybody hated yeah. him, like in the thirty for thirty, it's like, oh man, what he really brought was this, and and you start appreciating him, and you're right. Right, of course. Yeah. Well, like that's how it's gonna be. There's a there's a word for that perspective. I mean, you're just talking about changing the perspective. For example, the way that he interacts with people on social media, the perspective so far has been is that he's not thinking, he's too rash, he immediately reacts. But what you're describing is he's actually doing the things that we want our athletes to do. That he's actually showing some of his real personality. He's not buried under a mountain of professionalism. Um, so I think that's on the money. And, and actually, this fits in to a perspective thing as well. And this is another passage from your book. So all of us will remember November 2018, there's a spat on the sidelines. Draymond and KD uh, get into it. And it seems like, maybe it seems like Draymond may or may not have uh, called Durant something that rhymes with itch and said that we don't need you. But here is a passage from your book talking about that exchange. Quote, now, what if the two are closer because of this? Green recruited Durant. He was closer to Durant than anyone on the team. What if the fight, in quotation marks, made them stronger? What if the beef that was simmering beneath the surface has now been resolved and the two men with a history have made amends? Throw in Curry, whose reputation for humility and sacrifice commands respect, and what if somehow this core ends up stronger because of it? Um, answer those questions for me, Marcus. Do, do you Is that how you view that interaction? Do you think this actually brought the team closer as opposed to, to separating them out? I, I don't know if it brought the team closer. Well, you know what? I will say it did bring the team closer uh, just because clearly what was happening was a team that wasn't as close as everybody thought. 
right? And clearly, there was an elephant in the room that was a, that was that was a hindrance, right? Yep. And can you imagine if this if this pops up in the first round of the playoffs, right? Right, right. They they probably fall apart. So, I mean, I just 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 off KD, I, I think he might have been surprised by it all. <laughs> right, like wait, wait a second. This, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, hold on, what? Yeah. Dude, what are you saying? Why like, are you so angry out of nowhere? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just a free agent. Like, why, why is my free agency different than everybody else? And, and and Draymond, he's saying like, you know, like there's a real life hurt to this. I feel like at all, all of this, all of the KD criticism is really a compliment, right? It's really people just saying like, we love you. Hmm. And we would like you to love us back, yeah, and it bothers stay. that you that you haven't made that commitment. Yeah. Right? I well, I feel like, and one of the universal themes behind the scenes, whenever anybody is talking about KD, it's always couched with this: that KD's a really good dude, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's a really good dude. That like everybody says that man, KD's a really good dude. Like so much so, people want just him to be happy, and that's a that that for me tells you about like a certain personality, kind of like Quinn Cook. Like, I mean, I just wrote this because I'm always seeing Quinn Cook talking to everybody, right? And it's like, dude, you just had a 20-minute conversation with Austin Rivers, and y'all supposed to hate each other, right? You're on the Rockets, <laughs> like, right before the game, y'all over here chatting. And I understand y'all with the Duke, but every Duke dude ain't sitting here talking to another Duke dude for 20 minutes, right? That's not. But so then you hear Austin Rivers say, yeah, Quinn Cook is my man. I talk to him every day. And it's like, wow, they start – there's like five of these situations, right? Of these people, it's like, wait a second, I thought that was your best friend. Oh wait, this is your best friend. Oh, this is like, dude, you got a lot of best friends. Like, why are you so popular? <laughs> <laughs> like, and you just see, you just see people who you don't expect to know. Quinn Cook, knowing Quinn Cook, <laughs> and it's like, dude, Quinn Cook was just in Santa Cruz. Like, how you know all these people? So, right. I, I thought you were Durant is a similar way. You say what? I thought you were going to give me a redeeming story about Austin Rivers, and I was going to be like, "We we got to end this podcast." I hate Austin Rivers. You're not going to take me away from will, uh, from that hatred. You're going to love him next year when he's on the Warriors. No, don't you say that. Oh, don't man. you say that. You're going to love him next year. Don't you say that, Marcus? Well, you're going to love him next year when he's on the Warriors <laughs> when he get that Steph Curry blessing. Absolutely not. <laughs> I won't even talk about that. Instead, yes, uh, I'm not even talking. I'm, I'm going to ask you this: last three questions. Here's the first. What's the biggest reason Kevin Durant would leave Golden State? And this is a guess, right? It's not like it's not coming from Durant. This is just your perception. But what's the biggest reason he would leave in your mind? I would guess because he feels like his legacy was tainted by coming to the Warriors. Huh. And there's a part of him like that. Like I said, Kevin Durant likes to like he just believes if you throw smoke at him, he can throw smoke back. Yeah. And all these people threw smoke at him for making a free agent decision. All these people, and they didn't just say they didn't like the decision. Like, they call him Snake. You know what I'm saying? And yep. they they call him Soft. I mean, a dude who made, like, just it just put on his shoes. Imagine what he has gone through, what he has overcome, for people to say he's soft. I mean, like, bro, like, what is hard then? Right? Yeah, like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You know, ain't, nothing been, ain't nothing been soft about my life. Yep. So now you're saying... I'm soft. You saying I took the easy route? Like you know, one thing I know about KD is anything that remotely, remotely undercuts his work ethic or remotely like diminishes how much work he's put in. Like he's got a problem with it. Huh. That, I think that's why he, for so long, he wouldn't say he was seven feet because in his mind, 
saying saying he's seven feet means he's this good for some genetic lottery. He right. Won. Right. And he like, no, 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 no. Like I'm this good because I worked. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. you're not about to take that from me. So I think if there is a re- if if he does leave, it's because he feels like he's been disrespected and he needs to go get his respect back and make everybody who called him soft and weak like eat crow. Like that that's what I think. Because that dude is from PG County, from you know, from the soil. And like this is what you do when people got something to say, you fire back. And the best way he could fire back is to do what they said he couldn't do. Right, win a title and go, else. go, yeah, yeah, win a title by himself from the ground up, <sighs> and show it wasn't him. Like it wasn't him. Like he could do this. He is that dude. Speak the other side into existence. What's the biggest reason why he would stay? <sighs> because. At, at his core, I think Durant is a basketball purist, and there's a part of him that it's like he plays this game for like a love that that is just uncommon. And but it's very Warriors, like it's very common in Warriors in the Warriors world, but it's very anti NBA. Like he loves basketball. Basketball saved his life in a way. Like Steph loves basketball. Like Clay loves basketball. Like, you know, they love it. Like, you know, people say, you know, oh, I'll play it for free. Well, these dudes did yeah. all of their lives. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so there's a part of him that he, like, he really loves the idea of, of team and camaraderie and sharing the ball and guys just coming together. He loves supporting dudes on the end of the bench. Loves it. He's always, he's got... He, like now that he's got to this station where he's like at the top of the league and he's a veteran, he's thirty. He loves having younger dudes under his wing, huh. <laughs> right? Like yeah. he loves it. He's always enjoying. Like he loves being that guy. So I think there's a basketball purist side to him. Makes sense. That really believes, like, man, what we have here, the kind of guys we have, like this is this is the most ideal, right? And if if he can. I think if he can get over the fact that so many people disrespect him and if he can like have the patience to just let it subside and let his game do the talking. Because after a while, after a while, it always ends. It always ends. Steph, Steph was just trash in the Clipper series. (laughs) 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 It was just trash. Like it always ends in the end, the narrative, the narrative is here and it's gone. Like that's 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 the curse of social media, but it's also the blessing. Nothing stays, nothing sticks. And over time, when you get the body of work, like like I said, as a sports public, we just we just need time. Many times, we yep. just need time. Remember when LeBron left? He was the most hated athlete of all time. Now he has a cult. <laughs> there True. is nothing LeBron yeah, can do right. wrong. Yeah, you're right. Right? And there's not like it just it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't like forty years ago. <laughs> right? No, not, you're absolutely right. It, they got booed everywhere they went. They were crying in the locker room yeah. because they weren't getting support. No you're question. absolutely right. He was he was unworthy. He was unworthy of his post. And now like people like he could lose ten more finals and it doesn't matter. Yep. I just, like so if he has that kind if he can have that kind of perspective and say, you know what? Uh, like this is only recent. This is only recency ha- happening right here, and I'm going for legacy. Uh, I, I'll I feel like another way to skin that cat to shut them up 
is to have five titles. Yep. To have six titles, right? Because nobody's saying, uh, no, nobody's saying, oh man, Kobe's got five titles, but man, he was the ball hog and he kind of tormented the Lakers for nah. Ain't nobody saying that. Everybody's like, man, Kobe's got five titles. Yeah, exactly right. right? The history Le- books LeBron, speak for themselves. <laughs> so in the end, if he got five of the bags, six of the bags with it is you know it multiple is. Finals MVPs, like that, that's another way to skip the same cat. Yeah, it would require okay. him sucking it up. So take us home then, all right? And I'm going to ask it in a creative way. Who will be the Warriors? I don't know where he goes. The, hold on, hold on. Who will be the Warriors starting five opening night at Chase Center? And do not say Austin Rivers, you bastard. Don't don't include him just as a nephew. It's a guess. What's your guess? Uh, here's what we know. I know you'll have Steph, Dre, Clay, uh, might go Damian Jones. Okay. I think I think they're gonna ride him out one more. And either give me, give me Kevin Durant or like Rudy Gay. Yeah, so, I, 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 I think I actually Rudy Gay makes a lot of sense to me. He hasn't won a title. Would be willing to take less money. I mean, he's he's that guy you could come in. But give us your guess, MT. Who do you think it'll be, Gay or KD? I mean, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> and you know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do myself a disservice by saying this answer, and then I don't even believe it a month later. <laughs> I'll take like, that. That's fine. I'll take year, a disingenuous what, what answer. KD, what KD doing? <laughs> what KD doing? Oh, I think KD might be leaving. Oh, the national news talking says KD leaving. Like I don't know. And then a month later, man, I think he's staying. Oh, he's staying. Like it's 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 a game that uh, I'm not really interested in playing. <laughs> Yeah, just, right. Even if I pressure you, game. it sounds like I get, there's nothing I can I do. I get no reward. <laughs> What's my reward on this one? What, what do I get out of it? You bastard. Now, I, I just don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. Uh, if whoever sits in front of him can come up with a plan and a vision to make him walk away from Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Chase Center and the most money he can make and like a Bay Area that's really starting to accept him, I don't know. The series kind of set him back a little bit, but before the before he got hurt and the Warriors went nuts, like people were almost starting to come around. Like, yeah, like we can't do this without KD. Like, if 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 whatever whatever New York or whoever puts in front of him that makes him walk away from that, like, then you know, good luck to them. Yeah, because that's yeah. got to be a hell of a vision. That's yeah. got to be a hell of a plan for to walk away from this. So. MT. I, I don't know what that plan is. And if I say he's going, that means I believe the Knicks can put together a plan. And I don't know. I don't know if I trust the Knicks to be able to do that. Yeah, I right? mean, if I say he's staying, that means that means he uh he uh like it doesn't matter to him. Like he he can endure people attacking his character and disrespecting him. And I don't know I don't know. I just don't know those answers to be able to make that uh make that estimation. I mean, to be fair to you, I don't think Kevin Durant does either, right? So, I mean, all of this is just is is literally pulling stuff out of our butts. Um, you're the man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for writing that book. I don't say that lightly. Um, for people out there who hopefully now understand how badly they need this book in their life, where do they go? Where can we pick up KD? Uh, so, you know, anywhere you buy a book. Same place you bought Golden. If you didn't buy Golden, shame on you. But same place you bought Golden. You can buy KD. Uh, I'm a big fan of supporting local bookstores. So yeah, if you got a, if you got a local bookstore, not I mean obviously I, the Amazon is the easiest route. 
you know, no, no, Barnes and Noble has shown me love. So yeah, absolutely go to Barnes and Noble. Uh, but also if you got a local bookstore, go, go support them. Uh, or if you see me in the street, you know, man, you know me. I got I got some in the trunk, but then it's like fifty nine ninety nine. This feels like too short. Yeah, going deep you know east, just yeah, selling them out the trunk. I respect it, man. How about uh, the rest <laughs> of your work? Where else can we find you? Oh yeah, easy. Theathletic.com dot com slash Bay Area. Boom. That's 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 where that's where you find me. Yep. Uh, I, I don't even want to tell people Twitter no more. Just go straight to the website. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have a go website, so I will tell you about our Twitter. We're at Warriors Huddle, and our Gmail account remains at Warriors. I'm sorry, Warriors Huddle at gmail.com. If you want to tell us we did a good job, bad job, love us, hate us, whatever the hell it is, that's where you can take your shots. And with that in mind, go Warriors, and hopefully we'll see you real soon. Good, good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.